So with that said, oh, with that said, the, there was a divide within the Hellenist group and the Hebrew group, which was more culturally. And sometimes that may be like how it is today within the church, if it be black or white, uh, by class or by race, rich or poor, uh, by political ideology, conservative, liberal. But one thing that they all had in common was the church, it was Christ. And so with this, we see the traditionalist versus the modernist. So at the end of the day, it was about the movement of the church and how it was gonna serve the community based on its needs. And sometimes we have to overlook, or not overlook, sometimes we have to look at the very things that we overlook, regardless of our views, because at the end of the day, it's about serving the community. So one church, how does that look like? Are we just serving one particular group of people and not hearing the other side? Or do we have a commonality? And it's not just here at one church, it's in so many churches that we see that there's, that we overlook the person. We overlook the community because a lot of us within, I'm not saying this is one church, but this, the church overall back in the day within the early church that certain people had their own agenda. And so if we can truly believe to be that beloved community and that the mission should be Christ in the church, we got to have an understanding. It was the widow's from the words of Howard Thurman, I would say in today's times, it was those who were the disinherited. It was the marginalized. It was those who were overlooked. But we see in 1 Timothy, in chapter 5, 3 through 16, that it talked about how the church and the church leaders were supposed to take care of the widows, especially for those who did not have family, that they did not have any children. So one church, how are we going to serve the community when it comes to regards of those who do not have? Maybe it was the gentleman that we met earlier today, for those who were here, that came in that was needing some some funding, some resources. I've been in churches before that because certain people looked a certain way or because they may not have been, uh, had the best of hygiene, that they kicked them out. But we were able to come together and to help the individual, even to the point where I went to go, I went half the block to look for this man and to give him the resources that he need for today. 
this, this, this particular, that particular moment reminded me of a story of a man who went through hardship in life. He had just lost his job. His wife had left him and she took the, the, his, uh, their, their children and moved on the other side of the country. And it was at that moment, as he was going through hard times, he began to indulge in alcohol and drugs to numb his pain. And before he gave it all up, he was reminded of his faith. He said that if it's anywhere that I can go, I can go to church. And at the bar that he was at, he went across the street and there was a, a chapel. And he went across the street and he went inside the chapel and he saw, he went there to, to, to get help that he needed. And then the people within the church saw the way that he looked, that he may be a little drunk, or had a little, a little hungover, he may not smell the best. They went over to the pastor and said to the pastor, hey, pastor, that man right there, he kind of reeks of, of alcohol. You need to tell him to, to leave. The man, the, the pastor goes over to the man and says, hey, man, you know, this is, you know, a church pretty much that we all have it together. And pretty much you, you, you have to leave because, or clean yourself up before you come back in here. And the man was furious, he was mad, and he left disappointed because the very thing that he needed was the hope. And the church wasn't able to give him that hope that he needed. So as he stood out, he raised up his fence, he was mad at God, he said, God, he said, I'm mad at you, this is my last place, this is my last resort, that I'm about to end it all. And then this wind comes and knocks the man on the ground. The man gets up and it was God. He said, why are you complaining? He said, because the church, they wouldn't, they wouldn't let me in, they kicked me out. God says to him, I don't know why are you mad because they won't let me in either. So one church, are we that type of church that we won't let certain people in based on others? Are we that welcoming church? Are we the church that's going to take care of the widows? Are we going to tackle the issues that people are facing and that they're dealing with? It was the Hellenist group that felt discriminated against. They felt the neglect from, the, from their uh, Hebrew uh, 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 partners. But the Hebrews were more based on their tradition and within our culture, and both groups were right to a certain degree. As we see that the disciples, they said that therefore, the brothers pick out from one among you seven men of a good report, full of the spirit and wisdom, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and ministry. It's like, wow. Here it is, you got one group saying, hey, we, we got an issue. Then the other group is like, well, we're just going to pray about it. 
then we, we have some churches just, you know, because you can look at that both ways. Like, man, that was kind of harsh. The Hellenistic group, they have an issue that needs to be solved. And the Hebrew side is like, no, we're just going to pray for these people. And that's what a lot of the churches do. We don't address the needs of the community. We don't hear the voices of the community. They're not committed to the community. A lot of us, and particularly within the church, are committed to the church more than the people. As Brother Mack was talking about last week, that one thing that he knew was church. And a lot of us, that's what we know. We know a lot of church. We know what to say. We go by the liturgical steps. But the best church that it is within us is you. You are a walking sermon for some people. And how you treat them embodies the church. But as I just mentioned that both sides were right. Yes, we pray. Yes, we have the face side of things. Yes, we hear the complaints. We hear the need. But I'm reminded in the book of James, it says that faith without works is dead. And so they come to an agreement, but they did solve the problem. And they addressed the issue to bring other people in to serve, to meet the church's needs. They got a group of people, of character, of the spiritual mindset, as far as the work, the practicality. And sometimes in today's culture, we think we have to be one way. We either got to be just spiritually or practical. We got we to gotta be both. We got to be in between. Where the practicality or the spirituality should fall in with the practicality. As I just mentioned, that faith without works is dead. That the apostles, that they came to the congregation and asked them to nominate some people. Seven people. That they had a vote. That it wasn't about a monarchy but a democracy because they had to get the right people in position to help the widows, to help the marginalized, to help the community based on the community's needs. And so through the prayer, the seven were chosen. There was Philip, it was Stephen, Peronicus, Nicanor, Taman, Perimenius and Nicholas. But all these men were from the Hellenistic side. They didn't get the Hebrews to come to address the Hebrew side. They said, what better way to hear the people and their needs was to get the people that they could connect with. And that's what a lot of us have to do within the church today. And not to say that because you're, you know, they're the Hebrew, but what better way and to have a better understanding than to get those who were of the Greek origin 
to meet the needs of the people. The work that they were doing was spiritual work, which was the practicality. So one thing that we have to look at that within this, it could have divided the church. And it's pretty much based off of what I mentioned earlier, one church, that the things, that the challenges that happened before, it could divide us and divided us to the point where we were diminished. Because we have to see that it was the, the complaint of the people. But the disciples, the apostles, they looked at the situation even though that you, may, you may see it as though that they did not do the work, but they did do the work. They had the faith side of things. They took the situation to the leadership because they understood. They selected the seven people to meet the need of the people. And with that, they grew. And by them growing, they served. Because it states in the last verse that the word of God continued to increase and the numbers of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great a many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Now, a lot of people look at that particular passage and verse of the deaconess or the leadership within the church. But it wasn't the church didn't grow based on the leadership. If you look at it, it was based on the community and the community's needs. And through that, they solved the problem. Just like what we're doing, we're solving the problems, we're solving the issues. Now, one of the great things that in my line of work that I get to see each and every day is community. And by me going to the community, I'm representing one church to help flood victims, to have an issue. One church was there. You donated uh, things, resources, to help the voices of the people, the marginalized, the people that were going through some things, that lost some things, to help out with school products and resources, to help out with food and so many other things. And then what we're getting ready to do with our groups, to hear the voice of the people, to meet the needs. Even while I'm so excited to be a part of Table Talks, as Kat and I was mentioning and talking earlier this week on some things that we're going to address as, as within the group, as we saw within the early church, some things that divided us, that can bring us together. Yes, we don't have to agree, but have an understanding and how that will look like. I'm reminded from the words of Dr. King, and I close. King states, everybody can be great. Everybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and your verb to serve. You only need a heart full of grace 
and a soul generated by love to serve and to be great. And that is what community is, or shall I say the commitment for the church to serve the community. It's to serve. Yes, we can do the liturgical things and have church, but what good is your faith without works? And so one church, this is a time to be excited about the service and the commitment of the work that we're gonna do in the community. For those who, now this brings me to the point of our service, that we take communion. 